in the moment of faith. Another way to say at this season or at this time. I want you to think about how there's been seasons in our lives that God has prepared for us. But yet we weren't realizing at that moment. I want you to think about how things have been lined up in such a way to put you at the place you are for this moment. And how oftentimes we need someone to awaken us to this is why we are here. Thinking about the movie, The Karate Kid. Y'all remember The Karate Kid? Banzai Daniel-san. Mr. Miyagi. A man was getting bullied. Realized he needed some help. Found out somebody helped him out when he was getting beat up. Realized it was... uh, unassuming custodian janitor worker of the apartment that was the master says can you teach me come by my house and we'll begin training all right you like this car like this car good wash all cars what wax on wax off look i got it good do the rest oh Then he comes back the next day. Ready for my training? Good. Paint the fence. Up. Down. Ah, ah, ah. He says, no, not this way. Up and down. Has him doing all these things. Wax on, wax off, painting the fence. Gets to the point, he says, you're not training me. You're not teaching me. Then he says, Daniel, son, wax on. And he whacks on, and he throws a punch at him, and he blocks it. Daniel's like, oh, snap. Wax off. He goes the other hand. He punches. He blocks it. Paint the fence. He kicks him. He blocks it. He punches. Paint the fence. He blocks the punch. He was giving him training in the preparation. But he was not aware how he, to use what he was being taught until he showed him at the moment, this is how you use it. There's times in our lives that God has us going through some stuff that seems remutual, seems rope, seems like, why am I going through this? But at the time you need it, you're going to find out it was for your benefit. Because as you know, Daniel's son came out on top because of what he learned how to wax on and wax off. And so... I want to grab how we too need to realize the moment of faith in our lives, the season of faith in our lives, how God has allowed you to go through some stuff in your life that you on your own would not have chosen to go through. But God knew what you were going through and has prepared you for what you're going through. So when the time is right, you can use everything that he has given you so that you can overcome. And so when you look at Esther, the, the fourth chapter, uh, we're, we're coming to the, to the midsection of the story. You know, uh, uh, if you look, it's, o- it's only about ten chapters uh, 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 in this book, and you see it's very short how it comes together. It's not, it's not very long. If you flip through your Bible, you'll flip through Esther because it's such a small account, but it's big in its impact. If you going through the Bible, uh, you know, it goes Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Then you go to Joshua, Judges, and, and then you get to Ruth, and you get Ezra, Nehemiah, then Esther. But yet Esther's before Nehemiah and Ezra, chronologically. 
in our canon, that's how it's put together in our Bible, how it comes together. But Esther's before the time of Nehemiah and Ezra. And so what I'm grabbing here that is during the time that they have been in exile, they've been overtaken. And here comes the king Asuerus or Xerxes, who is ruling at this time. Who is ruling and has the people coming just like in Daniel, right? They took the wise and the greatest of them. And Mordecai meets these requirements. And Mordecai then takes his niece and raises her like his own daughter. And, and, and so here it is that we, we pick it up in this text that notice that God is moving in the background. And, and what I want to highlight here is that this book is oftentimes lifted up and shown how Esther is the only book in the canon that doesn't have the mention of God. God is not mentioned directly anywhere in this text. You will not find Lord or God here in this text. But yet his movement is all around. I want you to understand that sometimes in our lives, what we call coincidence is God's providence. What you think might have been a chance, it was God that controlled it. Esther, some suggest that this book was added into the canon so they will understand the festival that they celebrate, which was not given of God, but they created in the celebration of the people being preserved under King Asherus in what they call Pearl. And, and for you to get the word Pearl, you need to know what it means. And it means by a chance or by a lot. Well, why does that matter? Well, it was a lot that was cast by Haman to decide on what day he was going to destroy the Jews. And so he rolled the the lot and cast the lot and it says on this day and at this time, I'm going to destroy them. And so that sounds like by chance, but yet it was by God's providence. Proverbs says that God controls the, the chances and the lots. Some of y'all quiet on. God controls it. He controls. He can chew. He can make it work how he wants it to let it work. And so here it is that, look at this. Look at this. How does Esther become queen? By chance or by providence? Is it how God moved, how Vassar decided not to come forth? And then the king has some, some such wise counsel saying, you can't let this and the women are going to be uprising all over the kingdom. They're going to find out the queen can, re- can refuse the king. You can't have that happen. That's wise counsel. All right, let's get a whole new queen. Give me all the virgins. Mordecai. By chance or by God's providence tells Esther to hide her heritage. That she is selected. How is it God's Providence or by chance that she found favor with one of the ones preparing the, the women that helped her to know what to do and what to choose when she came before the king. That the king liked her over everybody else and she became the queen. You see, some things we look at it as chance, but it was by God's providence. Think over your life. Think over your life. Where was it that you were by chance, but you found it was by God's providence you were where you were? It might have been that job interview you got because it was because of God's grace in your life allows you to know someone that knew someone. Am I talking to somebody here? Just because you knew somebody that knew somebody, they gave you a phone call saying, hey, I think this job would be good for you. 
you, you, you know you won't even qualify for the job, but because they said so, you say, well, I might as well apply, right? I wasn't even looking at this job, but because you said so, I'm going to go ahead and try it. And they say, no, you got you a job all because of God's favor and grace. People look at your work ethic and say, man, you work hard to get here, but you know in the back of your mind, it was but by God's grace that I'm here where I am right now. Many of you have worked with some people that don't even have a college education, but they're managers and bosses because of God's grace. And so here it is that we can look over our lives and look at how God has prepared us for the moment he's blessed us. And so here it is, Esther has been seen and been a, a recipient, I should say, of God's favor and of God's grace up to this moment. She's been living the good life. She, she, she got a maid. She in the palace. She's doing all right. But all of a sudden, because of how God is moving, God is working, uh, Mordecai is, has on sackcloth and ashes. Now, this is important of the story because Mordecai will constantly come by the king's gate to check on Esther like a loving father checking on it all, make sure everything is all right. But this time he can not come. Because you can't come when you're dressed in sackcloth and ashes. And, and so she so understand that he's wearing mourning clothes. Why is he mourning? What, what's really going on? So she sends a messenger out to find out what, what's going on. And so he lets her know what has happened. But yet I want you to understand that him coming by the gate is nothing new. It was that by chance or God's providence that Mordecai was by the gate when he heard two servants talking about how they want to kill the king. Was that by chance or by God's providence that he decided I got access to Esther and let me tell her what I heard was going to happen. And the king investigated and found out that it was true and stopped the ones that were going to kill him. Was that by chance or God's providence? You see, oftentimes we, if you just go through your daily routines, doing the things you love to do, how God will allow you, hallelujah, to be privy to some information, some things that will benefit you in the future. So here it is, Mordecai now is leaning on his relationship he has with his niece, now Queen Esther, and is knowing that something's going to impact his family and his people. To us, it looks like a coincidence, but we can see now as we read this text, we can see that this is God's movement in their lives, that the relationships that they have. Now, another relationship I wanted to grab a history of. So I I try to grab us so we can see the history of Mordecai and Esther and how they related each other and come to the gate. But yet, let me discuss why Mordecai is really in ashes. He's really in in sackcloth and ashes, not because of what Haman is about to do, but because of the relationship that they have. Notice how they suggest who Haman is. It says Haman is an agai. And to, to the Jews reading this text, when they hear that word, they hear their number one enemy. Their number one enemy. This is their number one enemy. Because when God took them out of Egypt, all right, when he freed them from the promised land, there's the Agites under the Amalekites that came down to attack them. And so they understand the first opposition we had when we got into the out of the of the uh, slavery on our way to promised land came from these people. And God reminds them and Deuteronomy say, remember your enemy. Don't forget them. And so here it is that Mordecai's remembering like them, them, them folks that don't like us. 
They didn't like us since day one, and God reminded us that we should remember those who have attacked us and, and look to destroy us and, and kill us. Deuteronomy 25th chapter, verses 17 19 says, Remember what Amalek did to you along the way when you came out from Egypt, how he met you along the way and attacked among you all the stragglers at your rear when you were faint and weary, and he did not fear God. Ain't that some trickery? That he said they went after those stragglers, the ones that were tired, the ones that were weary, that he came after y'all. Remember that. And then even in modern kingdom history, they remember that Saul, he's a, of the tribe of Benjamin. Mordecai's of the tribe of Benjamin. God told Saul to kill Agai of the Amalekites. He didn't kill him. Saul decided to keep him, but Samuel came and killed him. The first act he had, and the God says, you are supposed to kill them and destroy them so they will no longer be your enemies, but Saul fell short. And so they've been consistent, been a thorn, and so here he is, him, a tribe of Benjamin, recognized that this guy's been a thorn in our side. I don't like him. And so the king gave an order that everybody's supposed to salute and bow down to this God, and so he sees him as an enemy, so me to surrender to you is for me to disobey my God. I want you to grab closely here what's happening here. That he understood that for me to submit to you is for me to disobey my God. Mordecai understood that I don't appreciate you. I don't like you. Your heart's in the wrong place. My God told me to remember you. And so I'm going to remember you as my enemy. So I'm not going to submit. So the, the other ones kept on pleading him and try to ask Mordecai, well, why is it you don't do this? Why is he don't do that? Mordecai just ignored him and said, I'm not going to do it. And so when Haman realized he cast a lot, he said, I'm going to destroy everybody. I found that he's a Jew. I'm going to destroy what? All the Jews. You see the history there? He didn't say just Mordecai. He said all the Jews and all the providence. So he went to the king and says, king, there's some people out there. They don't respect you. They don't like you like I like you. Matter of fact, here's how much I like you, king. I'll give 10,000 towards this cause into your treasure to kill everybody. The king says, all right, here's my ring. Go ahead and write it out, and you can have them be killed. And they read the decree in all the places. And so that's how Mordecai found out. And he starts to mourn and realizes that he's going, he's going to kill us. So he comes to Esther, this message. And Esther is scared to stand up for this message. But I want you to grab here that your moment of faith may cost you something. There's an ongoing battle of good versus evil, God versus other gods. So we got to choose who we're going to stand for and who we're going to stand against. And so Esther had to learn to stand for her people and stand against the enemy. And so the challenge came to her. The challenge came to her. So join with me. Y'all with me? Esther, the fourth chapter. Those that have the Bible app, you can join in with us there. Now, we read verses 13 to, to 17. So I'm going to jump ahead so you can see the uh, uh, earlier there in verse 10. Then Esther told had is to go back and relay this message to Mordecai. All the king's officials and even the people in the province know that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his gold scepter and the king has not called for me to come to him for 30 days. So Hadis gave Esther's message to Mordecai. I want you to grab here that she's already understood for 30 days the king didn't care about me. And so how can I go before him now when I know the rules? 
that if I come unannounced, if I just show up, that it could cost my life. And so see, like, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, Mordecai, but no, it, it's not worth all that, right? And so here's the point that we want you to grab here in your moment of faith. Your moment of faith is bigger than you. Y'all quiet on me. See, Esther, Esther was thinking only about her. Mordecai was thinking about the people. Look, look what he responded back to her saying, okay, I hear you talking. Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you are in the palace, all safe, living in luxury, you will escape when all the other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arrive. From some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. See, she was placed in this position to give God glory. Some of us are not trusting God enough to see God, how can I do this for your glory? We do things that we want to do for it benefits us. Where would it benefit Esther to die? So she's, she's not seeing no profit from this. But Mordecai's saying that it's worth the life of everybody else. Are you willing, are you willing to make the sacrifice? I, I would encourage you to understand that God will not place you in a position for failure, but he places you in a position for success. I wish I had one more person that could say amen, that, that God understands who he made and how he can use you for his glory. Because he created you for his glory. You were created for his glory. He created you to worship him and to honor him. So he's going to put you in positions that you can do what he created you to do. It's sort of like how you bought you a heater. Because your house is cold, but you're going to leave it outside. Won't make any sense, right? Why is it so cold in my house? Because I left the heater outside. No, the position I need to put it in is by me to keep me warm. You understand? God won't leave you out in the cold. He puts you in a position where you could be beneficial and a blessing to other people. It is that she became queen not just to live in luxury. To live the good life and not worry about troubles all around her. Mordecai awakened her and said, God placed you. God placed you here for a moment such as this. This is your season. Another way to look at that moment or time is that this is your season. This is the moment. This is the time. And, and, and oftentimes we are aware of seasons. We're aware of dates because look how we shop for food. We shop to see when it's going to be fresh. We know how seasons work of, of time of planting, a time of reaping, and a time of sowing. We understand how seasons come and go. Tell your neighbor, don't miss your season. And so here it is that it's our time to realize, God, is this my moment? And so we have to be open to hear instructions and encouragement from other people because Esther did not see it on her own. Daniel's son did not see it on his own. Sometimes in our own lives, we don't see it on both, yet God can put a Mordecai in our life. God can put a Mr. Miyagi in our life to help remind us that this is what your training has brought you for a time such as this. We have to stand up and stand against those who come against us. 
God has moved you into position so you can be used for his glory. Now, remember I said that God is not mentioned directly in this text, but indirectly in verse 14, you see God. You see God here because Mordecai is saying that salvation, deliverance will come from somewhere else. Deliverance or relief will arise for the Jews somewhere else. How is that Mordecai knows it? Because Mordecai knows his word. We too, in order for us to be ready to be serving for God, we got to be in his word. We got to know his promises. We got to know what God calls. And so Mordecai understand that God has a promise he gave to his children of Israel that he will bless them, hallelujah, and keep them. That he says, I made a covenant with you as my people. And when you know the word of God, you can quote what David called, I was young, but now I'm old, but I've never seen your righteous forsaken or your seed begging for bread. If you know the word of God, you know that my God is a present help in the time of trouble. If you know the word of God, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. When you know the word of God, you can say, Lord, I stretch my hand out to you, knowing that you will help me out. You will lift me up because you are my everything. You are all that I need. And then when you know that you know that you know that God is real, you believe some way out of this way that God can bring me out from the mess that I'm in. And so here it is, here it is, that when you understand who he is, you know that God somewhere is going to work it out. I don't know how he's going to work it out, but I know some way, somehow, he's going to work it out. Mordecai might have been familiar with Job because Job understood that my Redeemer lives. Though death is all around me, yet my Redeemer lives. Even when his wife got on him and said, you ought to curse God and die. He said, naked I can't. Naked I will leave. But blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm going to trust him even when things don't look good because I, I how we say he brought me too far. I'm nowhere tired. <laughs> and so when you understand that God is who he says he is, it helps you in that darkest time to trust him. Do, do you understand here that Mordecai understood, Esther, if you don't do something, I know, I know someone who can. And so here's the challenge for us in our moment of faith to understand that it's bigger than us. It's greater than us. And so we need to have his word in us. So we can be reminded of that. We are governed by the Holy Spirit to teach us to remember and, and, and govern us in all things. The Holy Spirit will bring God's word back to our remembrance. And so here it is that when he challenged her, something clicked inside of her. Something let her realize that it's bigger than me. It's greater than me. And I need something greater. And so what she do? Said they, she fasted. Notice clearly in the text, I want you to look closely with me here in this fasting aspect. Verse 15. Then Esther sent reply to Mordecai, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go to see the king. If I must die, I what? Must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. Notice prayer is not mentioned. But yet, why fast? Fasting was not for man. Fasting was done to show and 
a demonstration on dependence of God. Y'all quiet on me. People did not fast just to show off, look, I'm fasting today. They fasted was an outward expression to God of, Lord, I need you here in this place. And so once again, the word God is not mentioned, but God is mentioned. She understood that it was something greater here happening, and God, I need some intervention to come through in this situation. I'm going to encourage someone here today that you've tried everything else, but have you tried fasting? Have you tried to say, Lord, I will sacrifice these next three days desperate from an answer from you. Notice what she said. She says, fast these days, and on this day I'm going to go. She says, I'm depending on God to give me an answer. And Cassius, Cassius, she did not doubt him. She said, if I die, I die, but yet I'm going to trust. I wish I had one more witness here that understood that you don't get God, you don't tell God the results you want. You get the results that he has for you. I got a few more people here with me. Notice that she did not say that it's not worth it. She said, if I know it's worth it now, it's worth my life. And so I was willing to give my life for the sake of the people. I, I wish I had one more person. I could see where I'm going here. Uh, uh, come here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, y'all, 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 some of y'all favorite Sunday school story. Y'all know about the fiery furnace, right? Y'all know about the three hot boys that was going to get thrown into the furnace. But you know before they went into the furnace and the king was giving them a way out, he says, here's your chance. Last chance. This is my translation. You go read for yourself. You don't believe me. But last chance. You bow down now. No harm will come upon you. Because who can save you from my hand? They said, whether we live or die, we ain't going to bow down. But our God is able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, guess what? It's all right. We don't trust you. We won't give in to you, but we're going to stand for what we believe in, trusting that our God is a deliverer. He's a way maker. He can do it because he can. And if he doesn't do it, guess what? He still can. So they, they weren't telling the king, I'm doing it in case I get this result. Whether I get the result I want or not, my God. Is a Mordecai let her know whether you do it or not, our God is able. He can use you or he can do it in spite of you. I wish I'm talking to somebody here, but he can do it. So take your moment and let God use you. And so here it is that she trusts now. The story goes that she fasted and prayed. And, 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 and so I, I believe that God gave her a great wisdom. Of what to do because beforehand she had no idea. She wasn't concerned. But the guy says, you know what? You need to set a feast. And so here it is. Here it is. She sets a feast. She sets a feast for two of Israel's enemies. The king's their enemy. He destroyed. He conquered them. And then our Haman, he's looking to kill them. They don't know she's a Jew. And she's setting it up. For them to come together. Is that coincidence or God's providence to give her this wisdom? And so she invites him. Now, check this out. Haman's feeling himself. You know, he goes home bragging to him. Baby, you know, I'm so good that the queen wants to throw a dinner in my honor. Only going to invite me and the king. Boy, we got it made, baby. I'm going to kill that boy Mordecai. You going to kill him? I'm going to kill him good. Well, you know what? Since you're going to kill him, go ahead and make a gala for him. That's right. I'm going to make a gala. I'm going to hang him in front of my house. 
So he goes and makes some gallo ready to kill Mordecai, loving his wife, saying, yeah, baby, we got it made. We're going to party tomorrow. Let me get some good night's sleep tonight. But yet the king could not sleep. God's providence or by chance, the king could not sleep. Because the king could not sleep, he says, bring me some, the records and read me from the chronicle. And they read the story how a man named Mordecai saved the king. Um, have I done anything to reward the man that saved my life? No, king. Huh. Well, what can I do to save him? So now he was sleepless. Now it comes to the morning day before they're going to have the banquet with queen. And so he comes in. And so here come. He says, is there anybody here to help me out, make the decision? Well, Haman's out in the king's court. Well, bring him in. Haman comes in. Hey, Haman, you know what? What can the king do to reward somebody that's been real good to him? Haman, then you talking about me. I'm about to have the feast with him. I'm about to do this, boy. I'm, I'm the man. He done elevated me. I was able to make that decree. I'm the man. You know what, king? This is what you ought to do. Not just any horse, but your horse. Let him ride on your horse. Let me let around in your horse. Matter of fact, he can't be in his own clothes. Let him be in your clothes. And, and in your clothes, he's around. Matter of fact, he should have on your crown. And while he got on your crown, being marched around, he ought to tell other people that this is what the king will do to those who honor him. That's a great idea. Go do that for Mordecai. Boy, boy, if it looks good, kill, right? But Haman's ready to kill the king. Do it for Mordecai? The guy I'm about to kill? Wait a minute. So he has to run him around. Cast this, cast this. It says in the, in the text that as they get back to the temple, Haman is, 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 is running back to the house. Man! Oh, we're going to hurry up and kill them cats. So he's ready to kill him. Comes to the feast. Esther reminds them. Says, and the king tells her this. Whatever you want, I will give you. So this is so so he reminds her, so she said, I'll tell you on the second night. So this is the second night. They had the, the night, the first feast. This is the second night after the feast. He he laid him around before the second feast. He comes back and she says that, Do you know that I'm a Jew and there's someone out there that wants to kill all the Jews? Well, who is that? That evil man right there sitting across the street. <laughs> and here it is. He is killed on the own gallows. But Cassius, Cassius, I'm going to grab this That Everything happens, seems like by coincidence, right? That the king awards Mordecai and raises him up and says, this man saved my life. So how can I allow him to be killed when he looked out for me? And I have this man that's going to not only kill the one that saved my life, but going to kill my beautiful queen too? Oh, he got to go. And then she says that that law is still out there, King, because he made in your law. Can you write a law and to reverse it? So what do he do? He now has empowered the Jews to fight against anyone that's going to come against you. And what happens is that Mordecai's children were part of that fight, and they too were killed. So I want to grab this, grab this point here. I want you to see how this story goes out to the people in the time of captivity. And this is a message to let them know that even though you're in captivity, even though you might be serving under a foreign government or under a king or under a ruler or under someone you do not like and they're not treating you fair, don't stop serving me. I got a few amens. Regardless of how they talk about you, how they despise you, how they mistreat you. Don't stop serving me.
Stand up for what is right. Stand up for what is true and know that I will guard you. I will protect you. And Cassie, if you lose, guess what? I will still take care of you. Some of us are scared to lose our job and don't want to speak up the truth. That means you're trusting yourself more than you're trusting God. Go ahead and trust God. Speak what he calls you to speak on. Trust him knowing that he's able to do exceeding above beyond what you can ask, think, or even imagine. You understand that God has already prepared things for you, but if you don't walk by faith, I was at one more person. And so not only is this encouragement to let them know that God is able, but also look here how we can see this now reading backwards. This is before they knew Jesus, but we know Jesus. And, and, and look what Jesus has done for us. Jesus was willing to give up his life so that we might live. Jesus is willing to step out of royalty and come down in humility and die so that we can to be exalted with him. Look what happened to those who served the king. They were elevated. I was at one more amen. Do you understand the same truth for us? If we serve the king, serve the king, not just any other king, the king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He will elevate us. Oh, hallelujah. He will lead us around and say, blessed are those who follow me. You understand? God blesses us when we are obedient in his will. He gives us the promise that he says, and you know, if you, if you disobey God, you're going to suffer the consequences. But if you obey God, you receive the blessings he has for you. You understand? That's why Moses didn't make it into the promised land because he disobeyed God. You know, he could have been there into the promised land. But because he disobeyed God, he had to suffer the consequences. And so here it is that God wants us to receive the blessings he has for us. But yet we have to do what he calls us to do. So what's your moment? What's your season? Is it now? Did you miss it? Is it coming up again? Once you understand this, that there's another moment coming. So every day, you guys, another opportunity to say, God, may I use what you've given me. So let us not miss that moment. So what do we do? We got to study his word, hear his word, seek him through prayer and possibly fasting. And be willing to say, Lord, I'm willing to give it up. Jesus says, you're not worthy to be my disciple if you're not willing to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow after me. In order to be Jesus' disciple, we have to be willing to give up everything. Esther was willing to give up everything. Mordecai was willing to give up everything. What are you willing to give up? Let us pray.